This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, we're covering some of the week's top stories. It's the Friday News Roundup, and I'm joined by Philadelphia Inquirer editorial writer Daniel Pearson and our Eagles contributor and host of Bell and the Birdman podcast, John Barchard. It's Friday, January 6, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Hey, John. Hi, Daniel. Happy New Year. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Lots of big stories in politics and sports. John, let's start with you. Hamlin and the latest updates with his injuries. Let's talk about that. Like, what was your reaction? Did you watch the game on Monday night? Yeah, I was watching uh, actually the, that and the Sixers game kind of simultaneously mm-hmm. and thinking that, you know, hey, it might be a great game. I actually tweeted to uh, Kay Adams because she was asking, you know, give us a prediction for this game. And I felt like, yeah, I'll probably be asleep in the third quarter if you want me to be honest. So um, that was kind of anything but. And, you know, I thought about all those times there was a, a famous flyer and famous NHL uh, player, uh, Chris Pronger, that, you know, had the same situation as well. And I did see that clip end up going around. And that was something I remembered, too. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder. I hope, I hope, I hope. And then you know, you hear Joe Buck with the CPR and all that, and then it went from, well, I'm staying up all night to make sure that, uh, you know, this kid is okay. Uh, it's been a complicated situation for, for you know, sure. I'm sure their entire family, his teammates, the NFL, obviously, and there's definitely, I think, a lot to maybe critique, but also for the most part, um, you know, I just kind of feel like everyone did the best that they could in this situation, uh, especially when you have a stadium full of people. And this really has not happened in, you know, 40 years. And the NFL's never really stopped before. And I think that's one thing that caught everybody off guard. Yeah, um, it, it was surreal to watch in real time because, you know, you see players take hits and get injuries and you're like, Okay, well, you know, they'll give us the thumbs up. You know, they're about to walk back to the locker room or, you know, their medical staff is going to look over them. But that's not what happened. And it was also surreal because I was sitting across in the living room from my son, who's 10. He plays football, you know, since he was five. And I'm just like, okay, this was like one of those wake up calls where I'm like, I don't know how I feel. We're a big, big football family. Actually, a couple of summers back, he took a hit where he was on the ground, and I rushed to the field, and I was in panic mode. And the officials were like, okay, Mom, you know, we need you to calm down. And you kind of forget about those moments because you just love the game so much and you want the best for your son. But it's really hard. And so, um, you know, our thoughts are with Hamlin and his family and his teammates and the entire um, NFL league. And Trinae, just real quick, I I can relate to that big time, too, just kind of like being 
you know, everyone being surrounded in a football family and even just as young as like Pop Warner in football, I can remember countless times of getting cracked under the chin, probably having a concussion and not really realizing it because that was just the culture of football at the time. Mm -hmm. You think of it now and you're just like, wow, we're way past that point. Athletes keep getting, you know, bigger and stronger. There's, you know, endless ways to to make yourself more faster, stronger, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I don't blame people for having a, a moan of like, whoa, what do we, you know, what what does this mean? And it, it shocked it shocked Eagles players. It shocked everybody that had any any type of I've been in that situation remotely somewhat, and it didn't even have to be football wise. A good colleague of mine just said, you know, he's had that exact situation and not knowing how to do CPR. And I think that brought a, a lot of light, at least for that alone, of like, hey, this is a this is a skill that you absolutely need because you never know when it's going to happen. And I'm really thankful that the people on the field were able to do their thing because that was not a thing in the NFL just a year ago. In fact, their health department made a ruling after seeing like a European soccer league where I believe the same thing had happened and they made the change there. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of kudos to go involved with the criticism as well. You know, it, it happened to Christian Eriksen, the Danish soccer player, and he had, he had a heart attack on the field and it's, I, he, he has fully recovered. He's actually playing soccer again, uh, which is hard to believe. Um, and I, I really hope that DeMar can make a, a full recovery the way that Christian has. I'm really hopeful that that can happen. Yeah. Another news item this week that hit Philadelphia headlines was this question around, can a former two-term mayor run again, especially in this crowded mayoral race? Daniel, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of people were surprised when they heard that Michael Nutter was eligible to run for mayor again. But the Philadelphia City Charter actually allows you to run for a third or fourth term if you take a break. So you can only serve two consecutive terms. If Nutter were to run, he actually wouldn't be the first person to do this. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was a long time ago when before we were born or at least when we were pretty small. But Frank Rizzo actually tried to become the mayor again. He served two terms. He was term limited out. Then he ran. First, he ran in the Democratic primary against Wilson Good and lost. Then he ran in the general election against Wilson Good and lost as a Republican. And then he was going to run against Ed Rendell. And he actually died uh, during, during that election. So Michael Nutter is he's, he's no Frank Rizzo. Let's let's just say that. But he he is somebody who has a lot of name recognition. You know, people have strong feelings about Michael Nutter. Uh, but good or can, bad, they have strong feelings in both ways. Okay, uh, people have reached out to me uh, ever I, ever since I you know tweeted that you know he's he is thinking about it. People are reaching out to him about it. Some people are saying you know he's the best man of my life. We had. 250 murders when he was the mayor. There's 500 murders now. The economy was better. More people were taking public transit when he was mayor. Um, other people are saying he's the guy who did stop and frisk. He he spent too much money in Center City and not enough money in the neighborhoods. He tried to close libraries. So people have really strong feelings about him. But in a race with nine other people, that's not a bad thing. Because the people who dislike him will be divided and the people who do like him would be united behind him if he were to run. So I don't know if he's actually going to jump in. I'm sure all the other candidates are hoping that he doesn't. 
because he just has a lot more name recognition than they do. People know who the mayor is in a way that they don't know who a council person is or who the city controller is or who a grocer is. Um, so he, he wouldn't even have to spend as much money to get people to know who he is the way that these other folks do. Oh, that's so interesting. So if, yeah. he, if he was to get in, you know, I, I think it w- he would be a big, big presence. Now, will he get in? I think his wife is probably sitting him down and saying, now, Michael, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure about this, babe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, probably telling him he's got to make a decision soon. But um, I, if he if he got in and I, I think he's very engaged, he's he's done interviews, he, he wrote for the Inquirer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's obviously thinking about the issues, thinking about the field. But will he actually get in? I don't know. I don't, at this point, I, I would have to see something more concrete from him than him telling folks, oh, I'm thinking about it. I mean, also, Daniel, what does this say about the other candidates? You know, I mean, like, yes, it is a very crowded race. But mm-hmm. do you think that Nutter and his name kind of takes away from, you know, the other candidates' accomplishments and the things that they kind of want to change in the city, their plans, things like that? I, I think that it just reflects the fact that th- people in Philadelphia don't necessarily know these folks that well. I mean, I, I know these folks because I cover city council mm-hmm. and I've talked to them. So I know that they, there are a lot of smart, thoughtful people in this race who have done positive things for Philadelphia. But the average voter who you know, isn't sitting in on council meetings and things like that regularly, they, they might not know these folks the way that they know a former mayor. So I think it really just says a lot about how many people are in the race. You know, a big field is really tempting for somebody like Michael Nutter, who has a lot more name recognition. And, you know, compared to the last, you know, I think this is a really strong field compared to the field that ran eight years ago. I think that field had didn't have as many strong characters as this one does. So it's a little disappointing that they're kind of lost in the shuffle because uh, I do think there's a lot of quality candidates out there. Um, but it's 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 going to be tempting for people with a big name and and big money behind them. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, let's shift things and talk about some other stories that we feel were kind of overlooked this week. Uh, Going back to sports, John, you know, we always have great conversations about the Eagles. And I just want to know, John, are we getting Hurts back? Because well, I can't take another loss. I, I want to know that too, John. I, I need I need Jalen back. I need him back. Uh, John, do you have the answer? Uh, Trine? These two games should be in his MVP tape because, you know, <laughs> it just shows how much worse the team is. Right, right. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, if you're a, if you're a betting kind of person, maybe you want to put a few shekels on that before the uh, the last weekend of the regular season here. But Trine, Daniel, unfortunately, I maybe I'm the only one that's sticking my neck out here. I still think there's a possibility that he doesn't play. Mm. More so, how about this? I blow your mind. I don't think he should play. 
at all. Really? At all. The Giants are sitting their, their, their starters as well. They don't have anything to play for in this game. Um, now, I'm, I'm not that type of a betting person, but I do. It is information. So when Vegas takes a line that's supposed to be, okay, the Eagles are two-point favorites in this game, and it goes all the way up to 14 points, meaning two touchdowns, they think the Eagles would win by two touchdowns before any announcement on injuries or anything like that. I think that's going to tell you where, where it's going to go. Also, how about this? Do you know that the Philadelphia Eagles have not had a franchise quarterback play a playoff game since 2009 that's donovan mcnab everybody wow. in between since that until now 2023 which we are in i can't believe i'm saying this i can't believe it either no one has sustained a playoff game i do not think the one seed is as important as it is as everybody's mind is which the eagles could clinch if they win i want to make that clear it is a very important game for that that means they'll rest for two weeks they'll only see three opponents at max if they end up going to the super bowl it's a great place to be however if you're telling me that there is an inkling a chance a small gork in the system where Gardner Minshew is starting at either that one seed two weeks later or disaster strikes and he's got to start against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week which is also a possibility here I need Jalen Hurts healthy for the playoffs because I don't believe anybody in the NFC can beat the Philadelphia Eagles during the playoffs I don't believe in momentum I don't think it carries from the regular season into the playoffs they're two completely different seasons you're going to have Lane Johnson back you've got CJ Gardner okay. coming off the window you've got all these people that are going to be stacked healthy and ready to rock and roll and to daniel's point and to your point probably trene everyone's going to be peed off that jalen hurts does not have an mvp trophy or people don't respect him that way and i want the thermostat not the temperature he doesn't need a warm-up this man's ready to go he is the offense he is the mvp i need it in a meaningful game everybody so although probably jalen goes because he's been medically cleared i think there's a lot of words like progressing towards and i see <laughs> there hasn't been he's ready to go he's the starter he's going to be the guy i actually don't think he plays on sunday everybody okay <laughs> so stress out away let's stress eat together Trinae. i'm sure there's something great on the menu <laughs> that's so funny to, to your point though he doesn't he doesn't have wayne so you know his his greatest protector the, the best, you know, tackle probably in the NFL who hasn't given up a sack in ages isn't going to be there. So do you really want to put him out there without his his wall of protection? So I think that's a that's a reasonable thing, especially if the Giants aren't going to be playing their their top guys. And Daniel, I, I don't speak into that. I don't mean this because you, you're bringing up a great point. Like you don't have Lane Johnson. The backup right tackle is uh, Driscoll and he's fine. But, like, there is a man named Kayvon Thibodeau on the other side who just, by the way, crushed Nick Foles, did a snow angel, made fun of Jeff Saturday, and has no disregard for any human oh, life at right. all. Oh, right. I saw that. The snow angel, the um, they just kept going. He kept doing it. He <laughs> And mm -hmm. it, yeah, everyone's like, "Dude, dude, get up!" Like, mm -hmm. someone throw a flag. And then, and then he went. Yeah. He did the sleep thing on the sidelines too. That was that so, was disturbing. If there is one quarter of Thibodeau coming on the field with a chance to go up against Driscoll, a very way less player than Lane Johnson, and has a clear shot at Jalen Hurts and wants to fling his body out there just because, I'm good. I'm so good of him not playing this Sunday. 
All right, you convinced me. All right, <laughs> we'll just have to hold off. Um, let's talk about some more drama. What is going down in Pennsylvania in Harrisburg? Daniel, this week we've seen a lot of drama in Congress on the federal side, but also on the state side. Yeah, so it's kind of been missed, uh, the local news, because of the national news, this whole circus with Kevin McCarthy. But in Pennsylvania, we actually had a standoff, too. Um, we had a situation where uh, Democrats won 102 seats, Republicans won 101 seats, but temporarily... Uh, there were more Republicans than Democrats because uh, one one member unfortunately passed and two got elected to higher office. So people weren't really sure how this would shake out mm-hmm. uh, going in. People were, were wondering if Republicans would use this to kind of get a temporary advantage, even though they lost the election. And what ended up happening was this, you know, backbencher, uh, not super well known from Berks County. He's now the speaker. Uh, there was a deal made with some Democrats and some Republicans, and it's very unexpected. And people don't really know what he's going to do. For sure, he's not somebody who's known for having a strong ideology. He's he's known for somebody who is you know very personable. He has lots of friends. He's willing to to work with people across both sides of the aisle. So it's really a huge wild card that's been thrown into PA politics that people weren't expecting. People were 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 think were knew that there would be some drama, but they weren't expecting uh, Mark Rossi as the speaker this time last week. I, I don't know a single person who said that that was going to happen. Right, and so like from my understanding, then he decided to be independent. Yes, so he was elected as a Democrat. His his district it goes from Reading to this a town called Muhlenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's heavily Hispanic. He's Italian American. He won with about seventy percent as a Democrat. So. I don't know if he plans on being an independent long term, because in his district, that's not really a smart idea. I think a a Democrat would probably defeat him Mm -hmm. uh, if he stayed as an independent. But at the same time, he's probably going to be the speaker for the next two years. And there's a lot of power. You get to decide what comes up for a vote and what doesn't. And nobody, because of this evenly split house, nobody can kick him out without the Democrats and Republicans kind of getting together to say, we don't want them anymore. And nobody, nobody had this on their bingo card, right? Nobody was talking about this guy. And now he's one of the most important people in the entire state. Uh, So hopefully we can find out a little bit more about Mark Rossi in the next month or so, so people can know what he stands for, what he wants to do and everything else. Daniel, if you don't mind, I actually have a question on that, because one thing I've noticed, and this might be anecdotal, there are a lot of people that I believe are making either party changes or heading to maybe they are going to take that independent tag locally, nationally. Do you feel that there's that's a, a trend that is going to continue to happen because there is so much much uproar? Does this kind of me maybe even you know have a discussion for ranked choice voting and all that other stuff? Like we're we're about to kind of not a, a revolution more or less, but people are going to start to maybe even waver towards that third party, even though everybody kind of shouts it down a little bit? Good question, John. Yeah, it is. It is a good question. It's tough because I think you really need to change the voting system if you want other parties to be able to thrive. So I'm a strong supporter of ranked choice voting. I think we need that in our mayoral election here in Philadelphia, especially with nine candidates. You know, like that's 
begging. You don't want somebody with 30%, you know, like, or 20% potentially becoming the mayor. But without ranked choice or some other type of system that allows people to safely vote third party, people are going to end up defaulting to one party or the other. And you you saw that last year in uh, Oregon, which is predominantly Democratic. For a while, it was a three-person race for governor. There was an independent candidate who was at some points in second place. Other points, it was like a three-way tie. But then, closer to election day, all of a sudden, that third-party candidate's vote share goes from 30% to 20% to 15%. So, you know, people... People are like, I like her. She's my favorite candidate, but I really dis- dislike the Republican or I really dislike the Democrats so much that I'm not going to vote for my first choice. I'm going to vote against my last choice. So without ranked choice, right, because ranked choice lets you do that, lets you put your favorite candidate first, even if they're not going to win. It's going to be really hard to get people out of that, that mindset where they have to compromise and vote for somebody who's not their favorite because they don't want to throw away their vote. So I, I'm very supportive of ranked choice voting. Uh, we wrote about it a few times in Inquire. Uh, but until that happens, it's going to be more of the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not, I'm not, yeah. We're, we'll all probably be uh, very old if we, <laughs> if that actually goes through. I just think everybody, I don't care what your political side is, we are begging for something different. All right. This has been such a great conversation, y'all. Thank you so much. Philadelphia Inquirer editorial writer Daniel Pearson and our Eagles contributor and co-host of Bell and the Birdman podcast, John Barchard. Thank you both for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you. Thanks, Trinae. Go Birds. Go Birds. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Alexandra McMahon. Our producer is Abby Fritz. Our newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Cherney Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable. If you enjoyed this conversation and any of the episodes we covered this week, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe. Bye.